As part of the Food and Drug Administration's efforts to improve the cybersecurity of medical devices, the agency, in collaboration with MITRE Corporation, recently released a new playbook aimed at helping healthcare organizations to prepare and respond to cyber incidents involving medical devices. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Julie Conley, MITRE Principal Cybersecurity Engineer. Julie will be discussing the significance of the new playbook and how it can help healthcare delivery organizations deal with medical device cybersecurity issues. So Julie, very briefly, please describe why this playbook, which is dubbed a Regional Incident Preparedness and Response Playbook, is important and what are the goals of its release? So the playbook is really part of a broader FDA strategy to improve medical device cybersecurity and ensure patient safety. So the FDA has taken, and MITRE has been working with the FDA for about four years as a partner. So the FDA has taken a whole of community approach to address medical device cybersecurity, really convening stakeholders to include hospitals or HDOs, medical device manufacturers, security researchers, and others to help identify pain points and then work together to identify viable solutions. And so in engaging with these stakeholders, particularly in the wake of the WannaCry and Petya Not Petya outbreaks, medical device cybersecurity incident response really percolated as an issue that needed to be addressed. So what hospitals discovered was that when there is some sort of cybersecurity incident, they weren't sure if their medical devices were affected, if they were affected, what they needed to do, could they patch, was there a patch available. There were differing degrees of response from the manufacturers. Some were excellent in responding. Um, we're on it right away trying to identify mitigations and, and patches to fix the problem, uh, whereas others were less so. So the FDA, again with MITRE, asked different stakeholders uh, hospitals and others, you know, with this, you know, if we developed a playbook uh, to help with incident response, specifically medical device cybersecurity incident response, would that be helpful? And the overwhelming response was yes, we really need this. And so we went from there, and we did engage again, engage the stakeholders to solicit what exactly, what were your issues, what would help, what wouldn't help, and so that sort of congealed the playbook. So as you mentioned, there have been high-profile ransomware attacks that we've seen, such as yeah. WannaCry and not Petcha. What did those attacks reveal about the potential cyber vulnerabilities of medical devices, and what was most concerning to the healthcare delivery organizations that you spoke to as you were working on this playbook? So what it revealed is that they weren't necessarily clear as to who to reach out to and what sort of resources were available. And so a lot of the resources are regional. I mean, we look at cybersecurity as kind of a team sport, and so that's why it is a regional playbook. That's part of the uh, theme in the playbook, to try and reach out with your partners, with your local healthcare systems, and try and partner to, to work on this together. The incidents revealed, really, that the communication channels, who does what, who within the manufacturer space, who needs to be responsive, who has what responsibility. So in terms of patching, the manufacturers often will want to do that or have a, a maintenance contractor do that. They won't want the, the HDO necessarily to do that. But in some cases, there's a degree of, of speed that's, that's needed. So it's in a panic 
mode in an incident, trying to sift through it. So it became obvious that we needed to come up with an approach to storing a non-incident. How can they prepare? What sort of things can they, can they line up ahead of time that will make things move a lot smoother once there is an incident? Now, as you were working with healthcare delivery organizations and sort of looking at this big picture problem in terms of cyber incidents involving medical devices, when it comes to the response and the preparedness, how does it differ from the other sorts of health data security incidents that healthcare delivery organizations deal with? So one thing we tried to do with the playbook was not recreate the wheel. I should point out the FDA, their interest is in patient safety and device security and safety. So things like PHI, that's really under the jurisdiction of the uh, OCR. So that's not really a focus of the guide. So one thing we tried to do with, with the playbook was not recreate the wheel. We wanted to sort of graft onto existing emergency management, emergency preparedness response things that the hospitals were already doing. So a lot of the hospitals are using HICS, which is the Hospital Incident Command Center, to respond to things such as a, as a hurricane or a, you know, active shooter, et cetera, things that may or may not include cybersecurity. There's other players that need to be involved when it's cybersecurity for medical devices. So the manufacturer is not going to be involved generally in a traditional cybersecurity incident in a hospital. So the medical device manufacturers, are they participating in cyber exercises at your hospital, for instance? Are they providing some sort of asset inventory capability on their product to help you diagnose and uh, even maybe fix the incident. These are some of the things that are different. So Julie, when it comes to the various cyber incidents that could affect medical devices, are there any particular types of cyber incidents that get spotlighted by the playbook? As you mentioned, the ransomware attacks involving WannaCry and not Petya sort of raised the profile of how medical devices could be impacted, but were there other sorts of incidents that the playbook looked at? So it's primarily focusing on incidents that originate from a vulnerability, a a software system vulnerability, a vulnerability in the device itself, or a vulnerability in a component of that device. So the the WannaCry, for instance, was a Windows-based vulnerability, and a lot of these medical devices are running on Windows operating systems. And so that was the big question mark was, I know these particular devices happen to be running on Windows. You know, are they affected also by this ransomware vulnerability or not? And so some vendors, some manufacturers had the answer and some didn't, and some it took a while. Another thing that the FDA is actually looking, I mean, this was mentioned in the FDA commissioner's statement, is that the FDA is looking to require that manufacturers include a bill of materials when they sell their products to a hospital. So in this bill of materials, right now, a lot of these hospitals have to treat these devices like a black box. They don't know what's in the box. They don't know what's under the hood. They can't interact with the device. So when there is, a, like I said, so the WannaCry is a great example in terms of a Windows vulnerability. You know, if you don't even know, maybe you don't know that your device is running on Windows. You want to be able to rule out definitively yes, definitively no, when there is an incident, whether the vulnerability is in your device or not. And so that's another piece of the FDA's overall strategy to improve medical device cybersecurity. And Julie, who is the audience for this playbook within a healthcare delivery organization? Often you hear that it might be the biomedical team, the security team. Who is this directed to? So it really is directed to anybody that might have a role in incident response. So while the obvious candidates are the health technology management or biomedical engineering, IT, 
um, emergency management. It also does apply to risk management facility staff clinicians. So really anybody that might have a hand in incident response and responding to an incident. And finally, Julie, anything else planned for after the playbook? Are any additional chapters, any additional versions of the playbook, anything else that's coming up next? We do consider it a living document. We are soliciting feedback on it. So that is a possibility in the future. Going in, we did, you know, we did do a few rounds with the document in terms of running it by some folks and getting their direct feedback and updating it. But now it's, it's going out to a wide audience, and you know, we're hoping to get some good feedback. It's a work in progress. It's, I think, a strong foot forward. I think it's going to be very helpful in um, orienting health delivery organizations towards what they need to think about in terms of incident response for cybersecurity medical device issues. Julie, were the manufacturers at all giving input for the playbook on their suggestions on what these organizations should do? So the manufacturers were giving their perspective as a manufacturer when an incident arises and sort of how do they interact with the health delivery organizations, you know, what what are they willing to do, what are they not willing to do, what what's going to work for them, what's not going to work for them. So it was more of the engagement, it was from the manufacturer's perspective that they were consulted for this playbook. Thanks, Julie. I've been speaking to Julie Conley. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.